0: I'm going to invite you to turn your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10, 11, 2 verses this morning. If you're with us um, this morning and even haven't been here through this summer, what we're doing is we're looking at a word by the name of grace. There it is. One word that will change your life. God's grace will absolutely radically change your life. And that's what we've been looking at as we have ministered it throughout the, the summer, as we looked at God's word, we looked at a variety of ways in which God's grace comes to us. God's uh, grace comes to us in the idea that, that we're to grow in grace. God comes to us in the idea that we're saved by grace, and we're to minister and to serve in grace, and we're to be transformed by grace, and we give our money there. We give of our time, talent, and treasure because God graces us. He wants to use us, and he graces us. So we're looking at this wonderful word by the name, by by. by Grace, we're looking at the, the theology of grace, if you will, displaying God's grace in a wide variety of ways. And what Peter will do uh, in this text is, is he's looking at the end. He's, he's living with the end in mind. He's looking at one day Jesus is going to return. So he's looking at the end and he's reminding the people, listen, you have a responsibility in the midst of this responsibility, you have the responsibility not just to check out, but to live your life in such a way that you're displaying God's grace. And that's what we're going to see this morning. So let me just read our text. A couple of verses. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God saved you with a purpose, to give you a spiritual gift so that you would be a member of the church using your gifts to serve in such a way that ultimately God is honored and God is glorified in the midst of our weakness. And that's what I want to do this morning. That's what I want to look at this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the great privilege we have of opening your word to us. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to be responsive to your word. Father, thank you for the privilege we have of being able to gather together this morning. Lord, many many of these people have never, have never been in our church. And, and I'm grateful that you brought them this morning uh, to be able to support this uh, this French trip. And we have parents here, Lord, who are getting ready to send their, their young people off. And so, Father, I pray that you would gather us together this morning as your children, as a family, as we look to your word, that you would encourage us, that you would build us up and help us to trust you for what you desire to do in our lives. And it's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, what I want you to do is, is, I want you to imagine your little church. You're in a house church. You're not sitting in an auditorium. You're in a house church, and, and you're in Asia Minor, and you're gathered together because uh, you're a believer in Jesus. But but you also recognize there's a lot of bad things going on in our world. There's a lot of bad things going on. Maybe you're suffering physically or emotionally. Maybe something's going on in your life, and you're having a really difficult time. Maybe you're suffering persecution from local authorities. Maybe your business is suffering because of you've become a, a believer. I mean, think through the context. These people that people are writing to had embraced faith. And in many ways, their lives weren't easier. As a matter of fact, when they embraced Jesus, their lives actually got more difficult because now they're experiencing persecution. And maybe there's a family situation where there's a husband and wife and maybe the, maybe the husband or the wife, maybe one person embraced faith, and all of a sudden, that face is radically changing the dynamic of the family. And people are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't, know, I don't know about that stuff. And so you're gathered together in the context of a family, listening to this letter that Peter was writing to these young believers who've been scattered because of their faith. And the broader context of what we're looking at this morning is, he, he's teaching about hope. He's teaching about grace, but he's also teaching about a responsibility that we have. The greater context is this. We have a responsibility to, to pray for one another. I, I mean, I was, I was talking with Martha beforehand, and a lot of stuff is going on as they're getting ready to go on this trip. And the first thing she says, we, we just need to make sure that we're praying. And, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we gather together, because we need to be praying for each other. The text also says in the broader context that we need to love each other. We need to care for one another. And we need to be showing hospitality to one another. The the word that he uses there for hospitality means this: it's a lover of strangers. There's a lot of strange people or strange people. We need to be lovers of strangers. And and then what what Peter says is: what I want you to do is, I want you to realize that when you came to faith, I gave you a gift. And now you need to use that. Look at verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 4. Notice what it says: you are gifted. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Use whatever gift he has received to, to serve others. So we had Mother's Day and we had Father's Day, and I'm sure many of you received a gift. I received a unique gift last week from a friend of mine. It's, it's a bracelet. If you see, I don't wear a lot of jewelry. But this particular bracelet, it, it means something to me, and this is what it means. So my friend was at a store somewhere out in the Troy, Every, and he was coming out, and uh, there was an organization out front, And they were uh, collecting donations. And when you gave to this organization, they gave you this bracelet. And the name of the organization was Life Changers Outreach. And it's for people who are addicted to drugs. So they were standing outside a store. And they were raising money, raising money for this organization. And when you gave support to this organization, they gave you this bracelet. And this bracelet has the word hope on it. And my friend knows my history. He knows what's going to happen this morning. And he also knows that my brother passed away from a drug overdose. So what he did was he, he gave me this gift, uh, just a special gift, it, it, it's a purposeful gift, it's a unique gift, it, it's, it's only for me. And I had the great privilege of being able to use this gift and to wear it as a gift of love and consideration from him. Listen, it's the same way with us as, as believers in Jesus. What God says is this, not only are you saved by grace, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a special, unique gift. I'm going to gift you in such a way that you have the great privilege of serving. And and it's not that the text is a whatever gift. It's not, well, kind of whatever. It's the idea of of when you've been given a gift, it's a grace gift. In other words, God in his grace gifts you in such a way that is entirely different than any other person on the planet. And he gives a gift to you in such a way that you have the privilege of serving now in the body of Christ. And what's so interesting is this. When you go back and look at the context of 1 Peter, you see people who were probably living in idolatry and probably living very sensual lives and living outside the bounds of what would be normal. I mean, they were living according to the culture. They were following the ways and and the traditions of the culture. They were total pagans. And now because of their faith, They're radically changed on the inside, and God says, in spite of your past, in spite of who you are, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to give you a grace gift. I'm going to give you a gift that only you and the body of Christ can use it to help and build up others. So most of us are familiar with with hockey. We have the St. Louis Blues here, and you know, when you do something wrong in hockey... You, know, you, you you get caught doing something wrong, the referee throws you in the penalty box. You know, you do that. And what's interesting sometimes is, is to watch when a bunch of them get in there. You know, they have a fight, and there's like three of them lined up in there. I mean, grown men, you go in for a timeout. You've got a two-minute timeout. Grown men giving a timeout. And every once in a while, when Bennington goes rogue, right? He's leaving the ice, and he's throwing things, and he's doing all kinds of things, and he's giving a game misconduct. You're out of here. You realize God doesn't do that with us? He doesn't give us a game misconduct. It doesn't matter what you have gone through in your past. By the way, your past, God may actually use to serve in a way that's unique. The trajectory of my life is very different because of the, the death of my brother, very different. And the trajectory of your life May be entirely different because of something that's happened in the past. And yet God can still use that, and He can also use the gift that He's given you to serve and build up in the body of Christ. Listen, God envisions the church, the community of Christ, coming together with a bunch of different gifts. You can look at the book of Ephesians. You can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can look at Romans. There's a lot of varieties of gifts. I believe one of the gifts that I have is is, is this I'm a pastor. I like to. I like the pastor, I like the shepherd, I like to teach. You, if you're a believer in Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. And God wants you to use that gift in the body of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse, verse 9. Notice how Peter describes collectively the body of Christ, all right? Notice what he says. He says this 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen, you're sitting with chosen people. You're sitting next to royal people. You're sitting next to people who have been set apart. You're sitting next to people who belong to God. And God called us by his grace, gave us a group so that we can go out and serve him in a way that he gets the glory and he gets the honor for what's going on in our lives. You know, when Jesus was with the disciples, he taught them he was with them, but he also told them something else. He said, listen, I'm going to go away, but you're going to need help. You're not going to be able to live this life. You're not going to be able to carry on the mission without help. You need help. Peter couldn't do it. He thought he could. In his own flesh, he thought he could do But he said, Jesus said, you're going to need help. And in John chapter 14, he tells them what he's going to do in the future. Notice what it says. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. That's the paraclete. That's the the Holy Spirit that comes to, to live inside of us. And he, he will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither knows because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. That's a difference. It's not just the fact that he's going to be with you, which he was at that particular point in time, but he was also pointing to a particular point in time, told by Ezekiel and Jeremiah, where the Spirit of God is going to come and what? The Spirit of God's going to come and live inside of us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God is going to come and live inside of us and it's through the presence of the Holy Spirit that he empowers us, that he gives us what we need not only to live through the weaknesses of life, but to serve him in a way that he gets glory and honor. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the world. Young people, you need God's power to be a witness in a really, really difficult culture of France, where my understanding is the worldview does not embrace God or very little of an understanding of God. And you're being thrust right in the midst of that. And you cannot do that on your own. We cannot do this ministry on our own. What we need is we need God to lead us. And what God does is he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he gives us with a grace gift so that we can honor and serve him. And how does that work? Let me just show you how it works. First Corinthians chapter 12. Notice how when you are gifted by the Spirit of God, notice how it works. He says this, there are different kinds of gifts. We have all kinds of gifts in this room, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service. You may be a teacher, but you may serve as a teacher in entirely different contexts but the same lord there are different kinds of workings but in all of them every and in everyone it is the same god at work now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good god gives you a grace gift by the holy spirit so that we work, minister, serve together so that ultimately God is glorified. And the way that you would use your gift over here and the way that you would use your gift over here, it might be entirely different. And you may be having great results over here and you may not be having great results over here. But all of that is according to the work of God and the way that he would choose to do this. And our responsibility is simply to be faithful to who he is and what he's given to us. If you go back and look at 1 Corinthians, that text in verse 11, it says this, all these... All these people, gifts, all these are empowered by the one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. You want to know something about me? You you, you all know a lot about me. I realize that. There's a lot of things that I cannot do. I mean, a a lot of things. I am really, really bad. Like if if a car breaks down, I can't fix it. I can't sing. I can't play a musical instrument. I have very little artistic skills. I can steal things. if I see an idea, I can steal it. It's, it's sanctified stealing, it's legal to do. <laughs> Listen, you give me anything mechanical? I, I, I kid you not. I kid you not. When something breaks, my first order of operation is to break it further, and then I really have to fix it, and I kid you not. And maybe some of you are like that. Maybe there's some things that you're not good at. The Bible says this: God has given you a gift nobody else can use in the same way that you can use that specific gift. And the reason he is doing that is so that you will work and honor Jesus for who he is and what he's done. Okay, so let me ask you something. What would happen if I had taken this bracelet that I received from my friend? I took it home and put it in my my, uh, jewelry box and just left it there. What would I be communicating? Well, maybe I'm communicating that I value it a lot and I want to preserve it there. That's one way of looking at it. But the gift wasn't given so that I would put it in a box. The gift was given so that I would wear it. And when I looked at that, I would be reminded of the hope that we have. My friend would probably be looking at me, going, "You know, he'd never say anything. Maybe not. He'd be looking at me, How? I, I never see him wearing that. I never see him wearing that bracelet. I wonder why. I wonder if he likes it. Maybe he doesn't like that bracelet. Hmm. Are you using your gift?" For God's honor and for God's glory, or you, or have you just put your gift away in a box, and you're not using it? You're kind of just just walking through life living off the wonderful grace and mercy that we have in Jesus, but you're not using your specific gift in the body of Christ to build each other up. When you go back and look at the book of Ephesians, why are there spiritual gifts? So that when we work together and when we minister together and when we serve together, what happens is that the the body of Christ matures and grows and builds itself up. That is why we need The variety of spiritual gifts. So number one, you're gifted. Number two, you need to be a steward. You need to be a steward. Look at verse 10 again. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now that word faithfully administering, it, it literally means this. One who governs a household, a steward, a governor, a manager of a household. So we are going to go away uh, at the end of July, and what we're going to do is we are going to uh, go to Florida, and hopefully, what we're going to do is we're going to have somebody come and stay at our house, with the goal to do this. I want you to take care of our house. I want you to take care of our little dog Leo. I want you to feed him. I want you to take care of the lawn. I want you to take care. Of the, I want you to take care of all of the things. I want you to be a manager of our household, and that's the idea that we have here from Peter. Faithfully administer. Imagine coming back. We've been away on vacation. And the lawn hasn't been mowed. And my pool is green. And Leo's kind of laying over there. He can't even lift his paw. Give me a thumbs up that we're back. That wouldn't be good, would it? Well, we are to steward the grace that God has given to us. He says this, serve others faithfully. Administering God's grace in its various forms. Listen, why is it so important for us to know and embrace our spiritual gift? And why is it so important for us to be a steward? Number one, we are needed in the body of Christ. But there's something else. This idea, the word that he uses for various forms, it has the idea of being varied in the sense of multicolored, if you will. When you look at the rainbow that God created, right, God created the rainbow, when you look at it, it's not just one color, it's not black and white. It's multicolored, it's varied in color. That's the idea of administering God's grace in its various forms. In secular Greek, it was used to describe this, the skin of a leopard. The spots on a leopard are very, very different. Different color, veining and marble. You've seen marble laying out there. The different veins, it's, it's, it's varied. It's very, very different. A musical instrument's a lot of different instruments. A lot of different people who sing. It's varied in the way that we would administer what? You are ministering God's grace. And no one can administer God's grace in the way that you can. No one can. Because ultimately, it's the creator of the universe who's gifting us, who's allowing us to serve in such a way that he leads you and he guides you and he brings people and circumstances into your life in which only you have the ability to minister and serve. We all know that we're saved by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The next verse, verse 10, says this. Why were you saved? Verse 10 says this on the screen. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. You know what the idea behind the word workmanship is? It's this. God's writing a poem of your life. The masterpiece is God, and he's writing a poem of your life. And he's wired you, and he's connected you together in such a way that that you are his workmanship. And you are now sent out to go and to minister and serve in a way that only you can do. No one else can minister and serve. And notice the text says to what? To serve in good works, which he prepared what? Beforehand. God has already gone before us. God has already gone before you, French people. Now it's our responsibility to go and to minister and serve and to do those good works through the grace that he has given to us. So number one, you're gifted. Number two, you're a steward. Be faithful stewards. And the last thing is this, serving God's strength. Look at verse 11. I don't think what he does here, I don't think he lists all the gifts like this gift serves this way and this gift I don't think that's the point. I think the point is this, that whatever gift you've received, you need to allow God, allow the Spirit of God to strengthen you. Verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, he should do as one speaking the very words of God. What a high responsibility. You're God's ambassador. You're God's representative. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides. Why? So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Jesus said, if you want to be great, be a servant. That's not a... Ha- that's, that's, that's not in. Uh, A very embracing word in our culture, servant, is it? It's not. He said, Be a servant, be a doulos. Take your sandals off and wipe the feet of everybody else. That's what he said, be a servant. Do you want to be great in God's kingdom? He says, Don't focus on yourself. Don't be so self absorbed. Well, Jesus is going to return. I'm just going to wait and we're just going to see how things pan out. When you go back and look at this text, he says, The end is near. This is 2,000 years ago. The end is here. The the end is still near. Where's the sense of urgency about the way that we would live and minister and serve? Pray, love, look out for strangers, use our gifts. There is a sense of urgency here for the way that we would live our lives in the midst of the return of Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you're at or who you are. Couple, single, young, old. Last... uh, Last Tuesday, out at Calvary, they had a service for Cindy Miller. And Cindy Miller was one of our missionaries, a young gal who passed away of cancer. And we basically watched her pass away, a very, very young gal. And they were honoring her life. They had done so in Winter Park, and then they had one locally here, and they were honoring her life. And they were drawing the comparison of how Cindy ministered and served in a variety of contexts. And what was interesting is one of the speakers talked about the example uh, of their VBS and an older couple, an older couple. I mean, I, I, I'm not, it, they may have been, one of them may have been on, on a walker. And they're serving at VBS. And they had hundreds of kids. And his point was this. You can find a way to serve, doesn't matter how old you are you can find a way to use your gifts, your talents, your abilities to serve. And no one can do that in the way that you can. See, with these gifts, we are designed to build into the life of other people. You can affect the life of another person by using your gift, your talent, your ability in a way that I cannot, in a way that somebody else can. God, knowing your mind, and your past, and your experience. God, knowing all of those things gives you a gift so that you can serve in a unique way, in a unique fashion. Let me end with this. Why must we tap into God's strength? Young people, all of us, why do we need to tap into God's strength? Let me just show you real briefly as we end. Number one, we need God's strength for faithfulness. You can't be saying yes and no. The Bible says this, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be no. Don't say yes and then walk away. We need God's strength to be faithful. Sometimes you get up and you're like, oh, I can't do one more. I I can't can't teach another lesson. I, I can't do this. What we need is God's strength to allow us to be faithful in the midst of the difficulties and challenges of life. We need God's strength when there's a lack of appreciation. You're going to be treated like a servant. And sometimes people are not going to appreciate you. And you may minister. And you may serve and you may do a lot of hard work, and nobody's leaving you cookies on the, on the piano. I, when was the last time I got cookies? <laughs> Somebody's sitting out there going, well look at your waist, Clinton, no wonder you're not getting cookies. You need to quit eating cookies. You, you understand what I mean? We need God's faithful, because sometimes we're unappreciated, and we need that. Three is this, we need God's strength for the energy needed to work. Some of you worked at VBS, and this is what you did. You, you came for, uh, you, you worked for eight, nine hours a day. then you went home and you had a, a sandwich. And then you came and worked three hours at night. And in summer camp, you, ever, you know what they do at summer camp? Uh, our counselors and our workers, from morning, 7 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, you're always on call. You young people, you, you're going to be on call. You physically cannot do that by yourself. You need God's strength to enable you, and to empower you. it's The only way you can do it. When we are weak, but he is strong. For we need God's strength for the humility required. Listen, if we're not, if we're not humble, we're not going to serve. If, if we think we need something out of it, we're, we're not going to serve. If I'm not going to get something out of it, well, that didn't work. I'm not going to do it. We serve out of humility and our love for Jesus. We serve because it's the right thing to do. And Jesus wants us to be humble servants, not proud and arrogant and the last thing is we need God's strength for the cheerfulness and patience required to serve others. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's hard to do this. It's hard to do this day in and out. You know, some of our teachers have been teaching in our, our classes downstairs, not for years, but for decades. And they do it because they enjoy it. They do it because of the fruit that they see. And by the way, they love teaching your children. I hear it all the time. They love teaching your children. If I was a parent, I'd be driving my kids to church every Sunday and making sure that our teachers were sitting teaching our kids. And, and we need God's strength to help us to be able to do this in a joyful, joyful way. Notice the flow of the text, and then I'm done. If anyone speaks, you should do as if one speaking to God. In other words, God is the origin of the very words that we see. God is the, the giver of the gift that we have. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to serve and we're going to serve in such a way that God is honored and God is glorified in such a way because he wants to uniquely use you and I in the body of Christ in a way that no one else in the body of Christ can be used. And so that's why he says. Use your gift. Be a good steward. Be a faithful steward so that God can be honored and glorified. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have not only drawn us into relationship with you, but you have given us a spiritual gift. Father, I thank you for the men and women who serve not only at this church, but in their churches. Father, we know what they do. Father, you are using them in a unique way to honor and glorify yourself. And Father, we want to continue to do that. Lord, I just thank you for this team from France. God, we're so excited about what you're going to do through them, how you're going to use them, and how you're going to teach and to train them about yourself. Father, I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name that I pray.